Okay, welcome everyone. My name is uh, Father Witold. Uh, as you can hear, uh, I'm Polish. <laughs> it's a great honor and privilege actually to, you know, to be here with you uh, at Lourdes and, and St. Louis because uh, I've been a priest for two years. The first two years I spent at Christ the King here in Denver with my pastor, Father Gregory, who is Polish as well. And back in Poland, he was my rector at the seminary. So yes, at, at, the, at the beginning of my ministry two years ago at Christ the King, I said to the people of Christ the King, but as you can see, Father Gregory was a rector back in Poland and I was chosen by him as the president of the seminarians. Then he became a pastor of Christ the King and I became his parochial vicar. So I said, if he becomes the Archbishop of Denver, I'm becoming the auxiliary one. <laughs> so just brace yourself for Polish uh, bishops in Colorado. But of course, that's the joke. I don't want to be a bishop. Being a priest, it's enough. And it's already so overwhelming. But still, it's a great honor to be here at Lourdes. Uh, I and Father Sean, uh, we are so grateful that Archbishop Aquila uh, has sent us here to work with you. I have heard beautiful stories and actually opinions about Lourdes. And now I'm here to check this out, if it's true. <laughs> so I know that my mom is watching us on YouTube so because she asked me to send her a link so she can see me finally because I haven't seen my parents in two years because of COVID and uh, now they are watching. I said, mom, but you will not understand anything because, you know, it's going to be in English. No, no, it doesn't matter. Mass is the mass, okay, in any language. That's why I love this, this beautiful gospel, but actually the Catholic Church, uh, you know, is choosing for us. We have Jesus who sends out uh, his disciples and apostles to go out and, and preach because He's just one. He cannot do everything by himself. Oh, okay, he's God, but you know, he wants to really go to each town and village and spread the good news. And so uh, he, he sends them out. He sends them out. And it's so beautiful because it begins by, uh, by the sentence that Jesus sent them out two by two. No, it's he, me and Father Sean, two. It works really well, you know. He sent two priests uh, to, to help Father Brian, you know, to, to do what the apostles did in today's gospel, to go out and really spread the good news. But really the message is uh, for, for all of us. You don't have to be a priest to spread the good news. And as you know, that's, that's the job for all of you. Because you were baptized and you became members of his body and now Jesus tells you the same he did, you know, he, he did tell uh, his apostles, go out, go out. But here is the, the thing. He sends them out, you know, he says to take nothing for the journey. I would say that's crazy, especially here for us who live in Colorado. You know what it means to go without nothing to the mountains? Nothing. Let's say even having sandals in the mountains would be crazy. Although you can see people like this in the Rockies. <laughs> walking stick. A walking stick, of course, means that it's, it's there to help you out to move forward. So it's needed because you have to keep going, keep going. 
but no food, no sack, no money in your belts. But take the sandals, because the sandals are the, are the symbols of, of really going forward, moving. You know, there is no time really uh, to stay. We have to go out and spread the good news. But here is the thing that I really love, and it works well for me and Father Sean as well. Whenever, wherever you enter a house, you stay there until you leave. Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, live there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them. So I would encourage you to invite us to your houses, okay? <laughs> and here is the deal. I'm not a really good cook. I'm really good at microwaving stuff. <laughs> Father Sean and Father Brian love cooking, so we can cooperate. But the point is, we really want to visit your houses. Okay? We want to go out, join you for a dinner or a lunch or even a coffee so we can really uh, get know well each other. And this is what takes me to, to the main message of this Gospel of this Sunday. It's about becoming a witness, a witness uh, Christian, a Catholic, who goes out. Even the, words, uh, the word an apostle comes from Greek, like almost everything, right, in the Catholic Church, or from Latin. It means to be sent, to be sent. So each one of you is sent to spread the good news. You don't have to really walk far. Uh, I would say that the hardest uh, missionary territory is uh, your family, the place where you work. It always reminds me that, you know, I'm from Poland, and back in the 70s, communism uh, ruled Poland. My grandfather, who worked for the Polish government, uh, when he was told that you know, next week we have Corpus Christi, and he was told if you join the procession, because we have these huge processions throughout the cities, if you join the procession, you are fired. He was, he was like, I am a Catholic, I believe in God, I do not believe in communism, I will go. He was fired the next day. We have to really fight that something like this won't happen here in this country. Religious freedom and so on, but still, how can we do something now? The point is, we need trust and perseverance in our Christian lives. Besides the clothes on their backs, and the apostles are only supposed to bring a walking stick and their sandals to keep going, keep going. So every need they have along the way will be met. And it will be met by God's providence. Not by their own self-sufficiency. That's not the case. God will provide. God will provide. But you need to trust. This is what it takes me to another great message from Poland, the divine mercy. You know the main slogan, Jesus, I trust in you? Yeah, that's the key. Trusting means I don't know what's going to happen, but I believe, which means I have faith, but you will help me. This is faith. That's why whenever Jesus heals someone in the Bible, he always says the same thing. Your faith has saved you. Your faith. Because you have believed and the miracle had happened. So, if we really want to do what the apostles did, we need trust and perseverance. These are two key qualities of the Christian missionary. 
and even in the context of our Christian journey, our following Christ, trust and perseverance uh, are connected. They are really connected. There is uh, this organic relationship, relationship between them. But trust is really the heart and, and source of perseverance. You know, if I do not trust, so probably I will not persevere. Uh, it works really well for athletes. You know, whenever I say uh, to someone like, if you are on a diet or you want to really lose some weight or you want to be good at something, you need to work out. Let's say even uh, being a runner, any kind of athlete, you have to really work out. And the point is, you will fail. There is no question, you will fail. And so I take this context to our Christian life, but God is like our coach. He tells us what to do, but we need to choose if you want to do this. The Ten Commandments, the teaching of the church, but still we need to choose. God gives us even a, a diet, the body of Christ. This is the best food that can help you out to get through the next week. The trap is that some people do not believe in this, so they give up the Eucharist, give up sacraments, they suffer spiritually, and they are surprised that God doesn't exist, or the world is really bad. I always ask them, when was the last time that you went to confession? Or you know, you came, you came to, the, to the church on Sunday. So it can be seen, trust and perseverance uh, everywhere even on non-Christian level, in many, many movies, you can see that. When let's say there is a character like a wife and she, she's waiting for her husband who let's say went somewhere to fight, you know, some kind of battle, so she's waiting. You can, you can find this theme almost everywhere. The same happened if you think about the Garden of Eden. You know, when the devil first began to tempt Eve, she resisted, which is great, right? And so she told the serpent, but God had warned them, you know, Adam and Eve, against eating the forbidden fruit. No, we are not supposed to do it. So they knew the rules, right? Like we know the Ten Commandments or the teaching of the church. But the question is, how does the serpent uh, break down her resistance? He begins to chip away at her trust in God. No, he's a smart guy. He's like, no, it's going to be fine. Look, it looks so delicious. <laughs> Try it. You will be like God. God will not know. It's going to be fine. You know, he's telling you not to eat this fruit. Ah, eat it. It's great. And so she started really uh, not trusting God. Like, yeah, maybe that's true. This is what happens to all of us when we are tempted, right? You know the rules, you know the Ten Commandments and so on, but sometimes we commit a sin, even though we're like, yeah, I know I shouldn't have done this, but it happened. The question is, how did it happen? What happened, but you have committed a sin? Whatever it is. So... Even the Catechism of the Catholic Church says that man tempted by the devil let his trust in his creator die in his heart. And abusing his freedom, disobeyed 
God's commandment. This is what the Catechism says. So if we want to persevere in our Christian adventure, which is the only adventure worth living, we need to nourish our trust in God's goodness. So again, trust and perseverance are key virtues. We cannot really fulfill our mission as Christians without them. We cannot grow to spiritual maturity uh, without them. We cannot experience fully the wisdom, interior courage when something bad happens in your life, and peace that comes with this spiritual maturity, unless we are willing to exercise uh, trust in God and to persevere in His will, even when it's hard, uncomfortable, or unpopular. So how can we do that? All the, all the spiritual writers and uh, all of the saints agree on one sure way to strengthen uh, our trust and perseverance uh, in our friendship with Christ. And it's to make prayer a real priority in our lives. Prayer. Now, if I ask you the question, what does prayer mean? Even if I ask this question back in Poland to my friends, it's always the same answer. That's the conversation with God, right? Yes, the conversation. This is the key. Most of the time when we pray, it's about really, you know, telling God something. And even we, we don't give him chance to really say something back. We always block him, you know. We pray, we pray. We know all these prayers. And what I really love about English we have this expression, knowing something by heart. Question is, do you really use your heart when you know something by heart? Knowing something by heart means I'm using my heart. How can you use your heart? Uh, by thinking. So what I always uh, say to, to those of you maybe who struggle with, with, with prayer, if you really want to start to feel God, but he is there, he listens to you. Slow down, slow down. You know, there is a Formula One, you know, this race, you know, these guys are going like 200 miles per hour, even faster. One of the Formula One drivers said that in this race, whatever you see in front of you, it's already behind you. So knowing that, uh, you know, the track is the key. So if you slow down, you can see better. That's why we have speed limit, right? But it's so great to break speed limit, right? It's speeding, it's so great, right? It's 70 miles on I-70. Like, oh, I can go 80. Yes, you can. That's the point. You have the choice. But when the police pull you over, are you upset? Of course you are. At them? Mm-hmm and you should be upset at you. Because you broke the rule, they are here just to punish you. So, if we want to strengthen the relationship with God, which is the key to really grow spiritually, it's about uh, strengthening the relationship that we have with Him. And spending time with someone whom you love, it's the key. For those of you who are married, you know, just go back now in time to the day when you met your future spouse. 
You know, there was some kind of like, you know, yeah, I like this person. I want to spend more time with him, with her. So then after some time, and we call this dating, one of you uh, reached this point that, yeah, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. Spending time, spending life. So if we want to really strengthen our relationship with God, it's the, it's the same thing. We have to spend time. We have to talk to Him. And prayer, it's the key. That's why all of the saints and all of the spiritual writers agreed on that point. Making prayer, uh, it's a real thing. We have to do it. We have to do it. If you really want to create and then grow any relationship, spending time is the key. That's why I love this gospel. But whenever you invite me or Father Sean or Father Brian for a dinner, it's about just food. And by the way, I hate blue cheese, so FYI. <laughs> it's about spending time. The point is we are new, but we want to really know you. So if you invite us for a dinner, for lunch, even for a coffee, we spend time, we talk, so the relationships are being created. And so then I can really use my title, which is Father Vitol, because I want to know my children spiritual children because we have the same destination we keep going towards the same goal which is to be with god after this life forever and ever in heaven right this is the point so we need to know each other help each other and so if something bad happens in your lives I am here, Father Sean is here, Father Brian is here. You are here to help us out as well, to grow as priests. So, we will reach the same destination, heaven. And we will see God face to face. And we will spend the rest of eternity, which is great, with God. That's the point of life. So, let's trust and Keep perseverance uh, as the keys, these two, trust and perseverance in our lives. So we can finally meet in heaven after this life and really see Jesus face to face.